This Week in Agriculture, a production of the Red River Farm Network. With a look at markets, I'm Randy Conan. The wheat market found some support this week. NAU Country Vice President of Farm Services, Rich Morrison, says traders were keeping an eye on the wheat crop as temperatures fell below freezing well into the southern plains. Yeah, we did put some premium in the wheat markets uh, for the for the cold weather. Uh, here early this morning, it had been a two-sided trade, so... You know, you're you're getting a cold snap, but then next week I see some areas supposed to be in the 50s and 60s in winter wheat country. So it's, you know, kind of all over the place. And, you know, we typically kill the wheat crop a few times every year, and I guess this is another one. Thin trading volume was a feature of this week's trade. Martinson Agris Management President Randy Martinson expects light volume to continue into the new year. I do. I think tomorrow we could really see, you know, the Friday see a really poor session, really thinly traded in the next week. You know, since the market's going to be closed on Monday and it's going to be only four days, I really expect to see some thin light trading. And thin volume can also lead to some extreme volatility. <laughs> exactly. That's the other thing is that, you know, we're going to, we could start to see some pretty big moves if we start seeing, if any news breaks, uh, it's going to take quite a bit of movement to uh, kind of price that in. We could see some good volatility, but yeah, the, the thinner the trading, the more volatile it can get. This week's extremely cold weather uh, does have an impact on the cattle market as well. Comstock Investments market analyst Joe Camp says travel impacts and cold temperatures do slow cattle movement. Yeah, it does uh, seem to have an impact on uh, feed gains and also just generally the, the marketing effort, I think, is the biggest um, effect here. And we're going to think a lot about that leading into the rest of this week where we have some really uh, important livestock reports, the monthly slaughter report, but also at the end of the week, the cattle on feed update. According to USDA's potato stock report, 258 million hundredweight of potatoes were held in storage as of December 1st. That's down 3% from a year ago. The potatoes held in storage account for 65% of the 2022 production. In North Dakota, russets accounted for 51% of the total. Whites were at 25%, while reds and yellows not reported. 89% of the potato stocks in Minnesota were russets. Milk production in the 24 major dairy states totaled 17.5 billion pounds in November. That's up 1.4% from a year ago. In South Dakota, November milk production rose nearly 11%. Over the past year, South Dakota added an additional 19,000 dairy cows to the state herd. Minnesota milk output increased nearly 1% despite a 7,000 head downturn in cow numbers. Milk production increased 1.3% over the past year in Wisconsin and declined a fraction of 1% in California. The Commodity Futures Trading Commission has ordered CHS Hedging to pay $6.5 million in penalties. CHS Hedging reportedly accepted millions of dollars in margin payments from a rancher in Washington without adequately investigating the customer's source of funds or reporting suspicious activity. The scheme lasted from 2017 to 2020. The rancher involved in the case pled guilty to criminal fraud charges and was sentenced to 11 years in prison. That's a look at markets this week in agriculture. Have a Merry Christmas, everyone. I'm Randy Conan. For over 130 years, Farmers Mutual of Nebraska has been helping policyholders recover from the unexpected. 
With more than 1,500 independent agents in communities across the Midwest, experience the advantage of insurance kept local for your auto, farm, and home. Visit FMNE.com to contact an agent for a quote today and experience the difference of insurance kept local. Farmers Mutual of Nebraska, always alongside you. World Weather Incorporated Senior Meteorologist Drew Lerner is your trusted source for agricultural weather. From the Northern Plains, we do expect some showers to develop and a couple of thunderstorms. The majority of the meaningful rain, though, is going to be in southern Canada. To South America, Buenos Aires, La Pampa, and Cordoba, but it doesn't occur until we get into next week, leaving plenty of time for changes in the forecast. Drew Lerner, only on the Red River Farm Network. We're reporting agriculture's business. This week in agriculture news on the Red River Farm Network, I'm Whitney Pittman. China has recently ended some of its more severe COVID restrictions. U.S. Meat Export Federation Vice President for Asia Pacific Joel Haggard says the move should help open new opportunities for U.S. red meat as the restaurant industry rebounds. What is interesting about this whole thing is that this dismantling has taken place at a time of huge uh, new surge in COVID cases because this is their first real wave. Overall, the direction is positive but it's gonna be bumpy over the next couple of months. We can already see that in cities like Beijing and Guangzhou, probably within a couple of weeks, they will have hit a peak. And so how this plays out to the economy is, is still very difficult to predict. One factor that probably will supercharge the wave is the vast internal population movements that happened before the Chinese New Year. Haggard expects a record year for U.S. beef. The United States and Mexico hope to reach an agreement on a dispute over biotech corn by late January. The U.S. is threatening to take action through the USMA trade agreement. The Mexican Agriculture Ministry said negotiations will continue. The USDA is warning against HPAI cases in recent weeks. South Dakota has seen an influx of positive, highly pathogenic avian influenza cases, including a commercial turkey operation in Hanson County that affected nearly 24,000 turkeys and a commercial egg layer operation in Moody County, where over 1,300,000 birds were depopulated. Besides a handful of backyard flocks, Minnesota tested positive last week in Wadena at a commercial turkey operation of nearly 300,000. The USDA announced a $9.5 million investment to support the scale-up of sustainable byproduct manufacturing in the U.S. The byproduct pilot program was developed to incite economic activity in the nation's rural areas and lower commercialization of bio-based products in the market. The United States has filed a new request for dispute settlement discussions with Canada. The U.S. claims Canada violates the USMCA tariff rate quota provisions for dairy. The National Milk Producers Federation and U.S. Dairy Export Council pledged their support for increased market access within Canada. The Senate passed the $1.7 trillion omnibus spending bill. This bill includes $3.7 billion earmarked for disaster assistance for losses of revenue quality and production in 2023. There's a $1.5 billion for the Army Corps of Engineers to improve navigation on the Mississippi River and extend mandatory livestock reporting until September 30th of next year. 
The Senate confirmed Alexis Taylor as the Undersecretary for Trade and Agriculture Affairs. Taylor recently served as Director of the Oregon Department of Agriculture. U.S. Meat Export Federation President Dan Hallstrom says USMEF is excited that a key trade position has been filled. The Undersecretary of Trade position is a relatively new position dating back to the Trump administration. Um, but nevertheless, we see it as a very key position as we try to develop trade uh, in new areas around the world, uh, this will be invaluable to, to be able to collaborate with Alexis Taylor in this role. We look forward to expanding that uh, in her new role as we uh, get more aggressive and try to develop some of these new markets around the world. Extreme weather has presented a temporary challenge for food production. Tyson Foods Incorporated said it suspended and reduced operations at some U.S. meat facilities yesterday due to the winter storm to protect employees and animals. Thanks for listening to This Week in Agriculture News on the Red River Farm network. Minnesota Farm Business Management works with farmers to achieve their financial and business goals. Helping instruct farmers how to keep accurate income expense records, production records, and all records needed for tax preparation, inventories to help uh, producers figure out their cost of production. Visit agcentric.org to find an instructor near you. Online options available as well. Minnesota Farm Business Management. Taking a look at the Job Opportunities tab on the Red River Farm Network website, Pioneer is seeking a field agronomist for East Central Minnesota. The Red River Grain Company looking for a new general manager. Dakota Ingredients, North Dakota State Seed Department, and others all have jobs posted. Find out all the details on the Job Opportunities in Agriculture tab on the Red River Farm Network website. That's rrfn.com, rrfn.com. With a look at weather this week in agriculture, I'm Sierra Doctor on the Red River Farm Network. Bitter cold will continue from Canada to Texas and the central Gulf of Mexico coast through Saturday before a warm-up begins. World Weather Incorporated says freezes occurred as far south as southern Texas and Louisiana. Most soft wheat production areas had light snow cover, but World Weather says it's unclear how much freeze damage was done. More snow is expected to develop this weekend from the Canadian prairies into North Dakota, eastern South Dakota, and Minnesota with another 2 to 4 inches possible. North Dakota Agriculture Weather Service Director Daryl Richeson says the winter outlook is skewed after last week's dump of snow. You know, the problem with the winter forecast is last week, because last week a lot of areas got between 50 and 75 percent of their winter precipitation in four days. So how do you predict going forward? Because right now, you know, the odds are almost 100 percent that we're going to have a wetter than average winter because of last week. And I would think that I think the rest of the winter would be pretty close to average for precipitation. But again, we're going to finish above average because of last week. <laughs> and last week's snowstorm, to me, almost guarantees that it's going to be really tough not to have a below average winter with that much of a snowpack in place so early in the winter season. Richardson expects a milder spring pending snowfall amounts. You know, my forecast for the spring is cooler than average, but drier than average. The thing is, because of last week again, last week is, I cannot emphasize enough as a, as a changer. But if we do not get another big storm, then, you know, I don't think the spring flooding would be, there's going to be some, but um, wouldn't be all that bad. And then I think, you know, spring would be um, a little bit drier than average. But the, really the key for the rest of the winter will be, will we get another big storm? 
because we get another storm that will dump 10 to 18 inches of snow, it will change the spring forecast quite a bit. Reports of bred heifers bringing a premium have left some wondering if the cow herd comeback has already started. NDSU Extension Livestock Marketing Economist Tim Petrie says the outlook for bred heifers is positive as long as feed resources can keep up. You know, weather again is the big issue there. We've got about 70% of our beef cow herd in drought, so that's keeping, a, from a U.S. standpoint, keeping a kind of a lid on prices. And again, it's dry in North Dakota here, although we've gotten a lot of snow here. But on a U.S. basis, when it does start raining, particularly in the western U.S. and southern plains and even here where it's dry, that's really going to spark the female market to expand. But the problem is timing there. We don't know if it's going to rain next year or not or when. It's going to rain sometime. And then when it does, we're going to see that bread heifer and bread cow mark really really spark. Petrie says seasonal prices are weighing down cull cows. The cull cow market right now is in the doldrums and it always is this time of year because you know we pregnancy check and then the cows come to market so we're still seeing a lot of cows come to market right now. Evidence of herbicide-resistant kochia are showing up in western North Dakota, according to a North Dakota State University study. NDSU weed scientist Brian Jenks explains the issue. We collected kochia seed from some different fields in the western part of the state and in our greenhouse studies it appears that uh, these populations have resistance to these herbicides which is highly unfortunate because we don't have many options to begin with and now if some farmers don't have these options of using aim and sharpen uh, they're really limited on what they can use to control kochia we do know it is in other areas besides north dakota it's primarily a, a no-till issue it will become a problem for anyone that's using these products and that's a look at weather this week in agriculture i'm sierra doctor on the red river farm network the most stressful part about being a farmer is the uncertainty of everything. Knowing where your margins are, knowing where you need to be to be able to be profitable to continue on for years to come. You have to make the numbers work. The commodity fertilizer blends don't add up. They don't offer the larger profit potential that Micro Essentials does. With higher yields annually proven over 15 years. Micro Essentials from Mosaic. The science of more. We're the Red River Farm Network, and we're reporting agriculture's business. Trust Don Wick. There is pent-up demand that will surface. Randy Conan. Nearly 150 cargo ships are waiting to load. Whitney Pittman. And that loan program goals were met for a successful 2022 year. And Sierra Doctor. Says NCBA is trying to predict what changes will be made. To deliver the news that impacts your bottom line. Serving the best farmers and ranchers worldwide. It's the Red River Farm Network.